Hey there, it's Joycelyn Wells of Joy Exposed, and it's Wednesday, January 20th. An amazing day at that too, right? So welcome, and let's get started. Hey there, Stephanie. First off, we got three cheers of joy. Y'all see my new cup? Yes, I'm fancy. So this is my new Tumblr from STM Specialties. It's got my little microphone and logo on there. Dope, right? JoycelynWells.com, Joy Exposed Podcast. And tonight we're drinking Poppy Cabernet Sauvignon. And I'll tell you why I have some wine tonight. So anyway, so cheers. Let's get started. First off, happy inauguration day. We got us a new president. We got us a new VP, vice president, who's a woman and black and Indian and uh, just all of those great new things. I'm so excited about Kamala Harris today. It's been all I can do today to, uh, to keep my shit together. So three cheers of joy. First of all, my first cheer of joy, and I made sure I said this, my first cheer of joy is cheers to whoever came up with the at-home wax kit. Like you have the hard wax that you can melt and put it on yourself and take it off. Cheers to them because I started using it about a month ago and um, I like it because I would also do like, I would do tweezers and then I would go get wax. So cheers to the at-home wax kit because I can do it myself in 10 minutes, right? Warm it up, put it on, yank it off, get the hair out, couple of tweezers, done. The problem is my hair is growing so freaking fast. You guys can see that um, my hair is growing so fast that I literally have to do it about every week. I could probably do it every six days, but I'm about every week. So cheers to that, um, your at-home wax kit. My second cheer of joy, um, cheers to having the ability to share and love with people and to find love in random situations. So cheers to that. So my first year of joy was to the at-home wax kit because um, I can wax my face. My second year of joy was just the ability to share and love and find love in random ass places. So cheers to that. My third year of joy um, what else? A third chair of joy is, you know what? Having someone in the White House that looks like me, that's not in a role of um, first lady. And I love, I mean, anybody in the White House that looks like me, I'll take it. But I'm just saying like, this is the vice president and, you know, and this is the first time there's been a woman in this role. And I'm really pleased about it. I think it changes the trajectory of little people all over the world, having a female vice president, just a level of honor and respect in that. So cheers to Kamala Harris and um, the second gentleman, her husband, and um, also to President uh, Joe Biden and his uh, first lady, Jill Biden. So cheers to all of them. And hopefully this next four years will be great for us. So cheers to that. So three years of joy, if you don't remember, three moments of self-celebration. And I encourage everybody to just take some time. <laughs> I encourage everyone to take some time to um, just find things that you're grateful for that have to do with you. 
you celebrate them your way, not based on what somebody else wants from you. They're just yours. And I think for me, celebrating my three cheers of joy, it just makes me pay attention to everything that's going on. So I'll know, is this the thing I'm celebrating this week? Or will there be something greater than this? Or will I surprise myself in different ways? So this evening we had the at-home wax system. Cheers to that for sure. I'm enjoying it. Um, the ability to give and find love in places, just kind of little bitty places you wouldn't expect. Um, and third, to, you know, having a woman in the VP role and tell to a new administration, a new president. And I've said before that having um, 45 in office was chaos. And I don't do well in chaos. And clearly many people do, but I don't. I need things to be like, I need it to be like a smooth, lazy river action, not a rapids all over the place. And he was all over the place. So, but now he's gone and we'll see what happens with him. He's in the middle of impeachment and he's got stuff happening and charges pending and, you know, all kinds of stuff. So I'm going to, uh, we'll just pay attention to it a little because our focus is now on our current administration. What's going to happen next? You know, what, what can we expect? What's going to be the good thing for us to come out of the new administration. And, and you know, just, I think that one of the things that I enjoyed listening to today, and I didn't know this, is that Biden is only the second, President Biden is only the second Catholic we've had in that position in the history of the country. And uh, John F. Kennedy was the first. And it's funny because they say John F. Kennedy is the reason that Biden got into politics because as a little boy, he saw him and he respected him and, you know, he decided politics was his thing. So, and I love, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you guys before, but I taught for a while at a Catholic school in um, Georgia and it was my first kind of Catholic experience. My first experience of religion, um, ultra, organized religion. I'll say that Catholic religion is organized. And I spent time there and I had to learn about many different things, procedures and mass and, you know, and how important it was even for the children to attend mass on certain days and the events in the school and the types of respect and acknowledgement and, you know, working with nuns and being aware of yourself your secular self in the presence of nuns and spending time in that environment was really quite emotional for me and and definitely a learning experience and I would credit that as one of the saving graces probably of my life right it was it came at a time that I needed to believe in something and no one believes in Jesus like the catholic church right so no one believes like the catholic church so Hearing them talk about um, President Biden as a Catholic and how important his religion is to him, it was almost like, I bet it is, because I don't know a lot about Biden. You never get to hear a lot about the vice president. You know, they are there and they've got jobs to do and they support the president. I don't know a lot about Biden. I didn't, and I still don't. I try not to delve into people's personal lives because, you know, hell, look at me. Imagine somebody delving into my personal life. and trying to then make a judgment on the type of person that I am. You know, they, you know, it could go any kind of way. Anything could come up. And so I try not to judge people on that type of stuff. But um, 
anyway of my life right it was it came at a time that i so um sorry about that so i um was very pleased when they talked about him being a catholic and how he didn't want to lose faith and for him systems are important doing things systematically having things if he goes somewhere he's looking for a priest if he's you know he needs these things to stay kind of connected right to make sure he stays connected and that's important you know so i was pleased hearing that about him today because it will be i believe it will be an opportunity for the United States to start trying to understand that our differences aren't the things that keep us apart. Our differences are the things that pull us together to respect the, respect the differences in each other and to appreciate the honesty associated with who we are and other people. That'll just make us a tighter knit kind of country instead of despairing, uh, uh, disparaging remarks about each other and separation. So I'm great. I'm hopeful for that. I'm hopeful for some understanding in that, which it leads me to, before we get into the Facebook post of the week, it leads me to people on my Facebook page, my Facebook friends and people I've worked with. I never have political discussions with people because politics is one of those tricky things. Like, you feel like people should agree with you because they're your friends, but then you realize they don't. And then do you want to be friends with them? And, you know, just try not to let politics be the thing that leads, whether it's friendship or not, um, because people get emotional in the space of politics. And it's only a sliver of it that we know. Like, I can't go back any amount of time to say, you know, to give you a history lesson on anything. I only honestly look at, and this is the truth, I look at people and who's the best for people, right? And I think that's just my thought process. I'm probably a humanitarian, I don't know, but I look to see who can see people and who has that human quality about them that making sure that everyone is okay and not just a few. That's usually the person that has my attention. I in in probably any situation and not just politics. So I have um for the first time since I have my Facebook, I have someone on my page kind of making some sideways remarks, you know, talking about Biden being the biggest racist and how we elected him and shame on us and that kind of thing. And I was sitting there thinking like, gosh, I've known this man for years. If I respect him and his wife and all of that, is this enough for me to block him? And then I decided I'm not going to block him. That's really not my style, you know? So just have to respect what he's saying. But in respecting what he's saying, I need for there to be respect in what I'm saying as well. Kind of that kind of give and take in there. It can't be one-sided and I'm an adult, right? So when I made my vote, it was what I wanted to do. So I don't really like the questioning um, of what I chose to do. I make decisions every day. And if that's what I decided to do, then that's what I decided to do for whatever reason. So I'm really kind of 
torn on what to do with that situation. <laughs> just thought I'd talk through it real quick. And just to reiterate that my social media family is my social media family. My friends outside of social media, my friends outside of social media, my family, like I literally have people in my life that I want to deal with, not anybody that I have to or that I'm obligated. I don't have those people in my life anymore. So I literally just take people as they are. It, I, that may be good or maybe bad. We talked talked about it a little bit on Saturday and this I did this um episode of Bench with Jennifer Shaw giving grace, right? So operating in a space of grace, like and to be able to give grace to people around you, you have to be able to know that God is in you and see God in them. So I think I that's pretty much how I operate. That's really weird, right? Like I you know you can't judge people. I mean, how can I judge somebody? I'm a human too. Like you can't judge people. People make decisions. My favorite thing to say is good for you. You know, good for you. That's what you chose. And if you choose fucked up stuff, then that's the choice you made. Who am I to tell you that you've chosen fucked up stuff? I feel like I only have that operate in that space with my children, probably my children and my husband, right? I can be like, baby, you know, that's really not a good decision, but we're in it. Let's write it out. And i that's my thought process. So with other adults, I literally give them... Be you, be you, be your best self, do what you're going to do. Then I have to protect myself in it because I'm not to come out hurt with any of it. No longer do I get to be hurt in any of the processes. So hmm, I don't even know how I got in that space of sharing right there. <laughs> ramble, ramble, ramble. I told y'all I'd be back. All right. It's Joycelyn Wells with Joy Exposed. And if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, please do so. I have to remember also to stop playing in my hair. My mom said, you got to stop playing in your hair on your show. So I don't even realize it. So I'm trying to pay attention to it. Um, so if you haven't, um, if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, then please uh, subscribe. Uh, I need subscribers. Um, and also all the episodes can be downloaded from wherever you find your great podcast. So um that's for you to know as well. All right. So let's get going. We got three cheers of joy next. And I mean, not three cheers of joy. Jesus. Facebook post of the week. So let me pull up my Facebook post of the week. I just have a couple because I think one I wanted to talk about myself um, that I posted and it got kind of a neat response. And I need to give an explanation behind it because I've had people contact me. A couple people contact me offline asking about it. So. Um, so a few minutes ago, Elena Mills posted, everybody is not your assignment. That's why you're drained. Hashtag self-care. And that is completely true. And Elena is a young adult woman and she is feisty as hell, right? And she's growing up and trying to figure it out. And I think I like that she's seeing herself because that's kind of what I always tell the young people that it's about you. You can't you don't have the resources and tools necessarily to help somebody else. Right now, you're building yourself. Self-care. Don't get in the habit of people draining the shit out of you or making use of you when you don't want to be made use of. So I love that she posted that. And self-care was a big topic coming up in um, 
last year, 2019, 2020, people were talking about self-care, self-care. And it's not just the pampering piece. It's the acknowledging your tired piece. It's the saying like, I'm tired, I'm going to rest, or no, I don't want to. Like, it doesn't have to be like this huge event. It could be something as simple as no, or something as simple as not today, or give me 15 minutes. We have to be the focus of the journey, because if we're not taking care of ourselves on the journey, the journey will be short, and our time will be short. Um. So thank you, Elena Mills, for that post. Let's see what else I got in here. Oh, that's the Department of Treasury. That might be it. Hmm. I didn't even save many. Uh, okay. So the other post I wanted to talk to is a post that I made. And I started the post probably reckless, right? I started the post talking about suicide. And not just suicide, but me considering suicide, or me deciding to commit suicide. So I probably started it a little reckless because people who don't read all the way through, and there are a lot of people that'll just read like the first couple of sentences, kind of start panicking. Like my niece said, well, I'm glad you're still alive. That told me that she didn't read the whole thing, you know? So I, so it was reckless in starting it. I don't regret saying it because I, I mean, you know, I'm kind of transparent in the movement of me. So I don't regret saying it is because it is a, true part of my life that, I mean, it was real, right? Um, but let me tell you why I wrote this post. So the post talk started out talking about me committing suicide. And then it went on with me talking about how I realized that if I had chosen bad things to get me in the yucky ass space, why can't I choose good things to get me in a good space, right? So it's a pretty simple, like it seems simple enough, but we always tend to act like stuff happens to us. Like we end up in a bad situation and we're like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened to me. But if you, in honesty, if you look at where you are and the choices you made to get there, you're kind of like, oh damn, I fucked up. I chose myself into this space, right? So it's more me saying like, I recognize that it's more me saying that I recognized that I was in a bad place, but then before I was able to execute my plan for suicide, I um, started kind of thinking about what exactly that means to commit suicide and how I got to this space of committing suicide. And not to mention, you know, God chose me. God specifically chose me to be born to Joyce and Gordon. Like he chose me. There was a reason for that. And that's the one thing that you have to believe more than anything is that your your being here isn't haphazard, right? So that was a part of me growing up too, thinking about in that time, thinking about why I was here and why my life sucked. Like why I didn't did I choose my life to be to be sucky? Did I want to end up in this position that I lost faith and sight of everything? And I did not. So that was me at the end of my rope. And I had to start making some smart choices fast or it's hard to get out of the mucky muck. When you dig yourself in a hole, it's hard to get out of the hole. But just as easily or however it took you, a difficult time or not, 
to dig yourself into the hole, you literally have to start filling the hole and stepping on the way out. It's kind of like filling your cup. So you're not going to fill the hole. You're not going to go out of it and fill it. You're going to have to start doing good stuff for yourself and start packing the goodness in there and stepping up and out so you have enough goodness that you can get out. And that's essentially where I had to go, what I had to do. And it started with, unfortunately, I mean, coincidentally, self-care taking care of myself and, you know, not driving myself ragged, trying to take care of everybody around me, but taking care of myself. And I distinctly remember asking my ex-husband one time, if I'm taking care of you and you're taking care of you, who's taking care of me? And you think about that, like you're taking care of you, I'm taking care of you, who's taking care of me? And I would ask him, like, how would your life be different if I wasn't here trying to get him to see how much goodness I was bringing to him or how much stuff I was doing? And then one afternoon, it flipped on me and was like, how would your life be different if he weren't here? And it was like, light bulb flash, like, what? And I just started thinking about how my life would be different if he weren't? And would he even notice if I was not there? You know, so you kind of start thinking when you start paying attention to uh, the generosity of the ideas and the universe around you, you are open to the ideas of something other than what you're doing. So that was kind of a start for me. Like, well, let me just start doing, let me stop doing there. And I'll start doing here. I'm going to start taking care of me. So I had to start choosing good things to get me out. Now, the reason I share this is because there's been so much death around me this year. Well, not this 2021, but shit, 2020, the pandemic. is. I went from years of nobody dying to all of a sudden I just hear about somebody dying either that I know or directly connected to somebody else. And the deaths that were closer to closest to me, I just kind of started thinking about these people and wondering if this is what it looks like when God chooses, right? We And that's the thing. Death is what God chooses when he is pleased with your fulfillment of your purpose. When he has made use of you, he chooses death for you. That's how I have that's how I look at it. And that keeps me wanting to be pleasing in his eye because I need to keep going. As long as I keep going, there's more to do, there's more to do, there's more to do. Right. So God He will choose death for us. When we're living our life and we're making choices that are bad for us, and when I say bad for us, I mean <laughs> not good. <laughs> I mean, that aren't pleasing to us, that aren't making us grow, that aren't, when we start making these choices, then we find ourselves in a place that is hard to get out of. And I know there are many people that do it. It's a part of living. It's a part of living because it's kind of like we live, we have a labyrinth that we follow of opportunities. And even if we make a choice that's not pleasing, there's always an opportunity to make another choice and another choice and another choice. And if we keep choosing, then we're going to be in sucky situations and we'll feel like we're destitute and we can't get out. So last Saturday, I found out that one of my colleagues that I worked with for four years had been shot and killed by the police. And young white man, 
uh, affluent family from Alabama. He went to University of Alabama. He taught at the school that I teach and we're an alternative school. So, you know, I tell you guys all the time, my kids are off the chain, but he found himself there. He found himself, he found a way to help people and to be a part of something different than what he's known. Well, last year he and his wife moved to Orlando. She's a plastic surgeon. They moved to Orlando and he wasn't teaching. So he had, I don't know what his choices were or how he got to where he was, or I don't know any of it. All I know is that they said, the wife called the police because he was inside the house with the baby armed. The police went to the house. He came to the door with the gun and the police shot and killed him. Now, That's difficult for me because this man is 34 years old and I knew him and I shared in love with him and I knew his wife and they got the baby and I got pictures of him. We text message and like, it's a big day. I call him the baby. That's what I called him, my little baby, you know? So because he was a young teacher and he wanted to be a good teacher, right? So I was, I don't know if I was angry. I definitely wasn't angry at the police because I had to process all the pieces of what was reported in the news and I'll never have everything. And as much as I hate that he had been shot and killed and it was hard for me, it's still hard for me just thinking about it. I had to kind of acknowledge like, wait, his wife called the police because he was in the house armed. So that says she didn't feel safe going in. So that was an issue. He went to the door with the arm with a loaded weapon. The police were there. The police shot and killed him. These are all things that are kind of the result of actions and things that we've chosen. So I'm I am devastated by the death of him. And I'm thinking at what point were the choices made that he couldn't turn around from where he was, you know, like at what point is it with the gun loaded or is it with, you know, what point that he just couldn't turn around from it? Because there had to be choices made to get to that place. We all make choices all the time. And I wonder if He was desperately seeking something or trying to hold on to something like And I, those are things we'll never know. And, and But I think I've been in it. Y'all know my emotional processor. You know, I have to go through and look at everything. Da, 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 da. And it's not a bad thing. I think it kind of helps me to be aware of people in situations. But honestly, I want to know, like his last choice was to go to the door with this loaded weapon. At what point was that like the choice? Because in all honesty, that's like suicide, right? You go to the door with a loaded weapon, the police are there, what's gonna happen? So did he choose suicide? Did he, was he in a place that suicide was what he decided and that was his choice? And that's why I made the post the other day, because I realized 
all of our choices are connected to something. There's not a choice that's disconnected from anything. Our choices are connected to something. And every time we make a choice, if it's not a choice that's going to pack our lives with goodness, then it's a choice that's going to be de- that could be detrimental to who we are. So rest in peace, Adam. You will truly be missed. My heart. And his son was only 10 months old, right? Brand new baby. 10 months old. Rest in peace, Adam. It's crazy. So that's why I made the post on um, the other day about suicide. And it wasn't me saying that I'm in a bad place and I'm thinking of suicide. I'm 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 beyond that now. Like I have so much goodness and I understand the concept of, but there are a lot of people who don't get to that place. There are a lot of people who make that final choice that this is what I'm going to do. And we have to, we have to give them grace, right? We have to extend grace to them because there is goodness in them. They can't see it in the moment and whatever reason they choose it is a reason they've chosen. So we have to respect their decisions because they're adults. We have to respect their movements because they're adults. And we don't get to question them after the fact. We have to think this person made this choice and this is the result of it. And I think I may be able to understand it because I've been in the suicide seat before. I've been in the place of making that choice. I just didn't execute it. Like I just didn't, right? So maybe that helps me to kind of understand what that looks like or respect somebody there. Because if they, you have to come out on your own, nobody can bring you out of it, right? You've got to come out on your own and you have to literally say to somebody, I'm not well. And if you don't have anybody that you can say I'm not well to, or you don't have anybody that you can talk to, you literally sit in this dark place of um, yucky and then the choices you make. So rest in peace, Adam. And wow, rest in peace. I, um, I can't even believe it. And, you know, the thing, it happened in December. I found out about it Saturday. So then I felt bad that like, his soul was just hanging out and hadn't been acknowledged about the love that people, that we loved him and we appreciated him being a part of our family and that he was significant to us. And his soul was just hanging out for a whole month and we didn't even acknowledge, well, we didn't know, you know, you know, we didn't know, but it turned into like, oh my God, I should have known, like his wife should have called and, or his parents, somebody should have called the school and said, but nobody did. But now we know. So I'm just sending him positive energy and hoping that his soul gets to a place of rest and hope that what he chose and his final decision was what he wanted to choose and just to respect that. All right. Rest in peace, Adam. So uh, if you have anyone... Um, Facebook post of the week. We're brought to you by stmspecialties.com. If you're interested in sponsoring a segment of the show, then you um, 
let me know because I need sponsors. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. So inauguration today. Let's see. Everybody watched that, I'm sure. Well, maybe not, but I was watching it. I had it on in my classroom. I was sitting at my desk, computer on, tears rolling down my face. So proud. That was my thing today. I was proud. Proud, proud, proud. I'm going to hold my cup up so y'all can see my tumbler. Cute, right? Mm -hmm. I think I love that. Leading up to the inauguration, what I love is watching the airplane with um, 45 in it leaving. And this goes as a, this is kind of a testament to who I am. I still don't want people hurt, right? Like I don't want him hurt. All the crap that he's done and yucky, it's still like this is a person. It doesn't mean it gets to hurt me. I'm just saying like, go home. It's time to go home, figure it out. Choices, right? It's time to go home and figure it out. And I have to sit up and think about the number of people who got caught up in the insurgents uh, next last week, two weeks ago, the number of people who got caught up in that following the president. And then they're kind of ass out now, right? They're ass out on their own, except for now they have charges, federal charges. They've got issues, right? So choices right? How do you dig yourself out of that crap? Like, how do you, and you have this leader who hyped you up and got you going and then the leader is gone and you still have to sit there and deal with all your shit. Like he didn't pardon any of them. Uh, he didn't, he, I, he didn't even acknowledge them after the fact during, he was like, I love you. You know, we love you. And we know you have our support. He said that kind of stuff during to hype it up. But after the fact, he didn't acknowledge any of those people. He didn't give a damn about those people. These people have turned their lives upside down. Do you hear me? They have turned their lives upside down for this president, for this ex-president. And um, what do you do about it? Choices, right? All of that. So um, I watched a special on... Um, Hulu. It's called Assault on the Capitol. And it's our special about the assault on the Capitol. And it's just a, a lot of journalists got together and put together clips and commentary about things that happened. And it was scary. Like I watched it and I was in tears. It felt, I felt weird about it, right? I felt nervous and scared about it, watching it on TV. And I couldn't imagine being inside and trying to hide with these crazy ass people who came with the intention of harming. And there's going to be a lot of backlash, a lot of charges on that. They're pulling um, video. There's a police officer somewhere, maybe in Texas, that at, they wanted to know, they questioned him. He said he was there, but he didn't go inside. They asked to look at his phone, looked at his phone. The photos weren't in the photo gallery. They were in the deleted gallery. So he had charges pressed against him. Hell, right here in Lakeland, uh, our sheriff, our sheriff is crazy right here in Lakeland. His name is um, Grady Judd. And uh, he is crazy. Like he, he don't play. 
he is for the law. He ain't gonna fuck with y'all. Anyway, one of his deputies made some comments and threatening comments and in reference to, and he arrested him. He arrested the damn deputy, had a press conference about it and told why he arrested him. Like this is for real. People are not, this is going to affect people for years to come because that means they're losing jobs. Businesses are losing money. Um, my mom was telling me that there's a guy who make these pillows or something. He made some comments about in, in support of Trump and all of this and Amazon, Bed Bath & Beyond, all of them dropped his pillows. Like they're not carrying his products anymore. This is a big deal because people realize now the significance of removing your dollars from a source. And if they, Amazon, Bed Bath & Beyond are carrying, um, yeah, Bed Bath & Beyond, if they're carrying this man's product, that's association. And if the public decides if the public decides if the people say it's a problem and say that shit loud enough people are going to stop shopping there and amazon was already hosting that social media company parlor where they were doing making plans for the insurrection so they're cutting these ties fast because they're like i'm not about to lose my business fucking around with you cuckoo clock and you know you can't blame them on that um what else? Oh, some National Guard members. There were 12 that were pulled from the detail. They found text messages and comments that they made. And when they started to vet them and ask questions, they were able to connect them to some stuff. It was 12 of them that were pulled and they were like, you won't work on this detail. So the attention was paid to these things to say, we're not even going to slip up and let you be in a place to be the fly in the Vaseline. We're just going to kick your ass out. And I don't know if it meant they lost their jobs or got kicked out of uh, National Guard, but they didn't get. To, oh, excuse me. They didn't get to um, uh, be a part of the uh, festivities today, which is I'm sure whether they care about it or not. And everything surprisingly was pretty quiet. I thought there would be some um riots or something at some of the other capitol buildings i thought it would be some people acting up or protesting nobody did a damn thing i haven't seen anything on the news to take away from the shine of our inauguration today and i was very pleased about that like everybody looks so good and joe biden just has that calm fatherly tone and he's just and we need that right now. We need somebody to say that, you know what? This is what America is about. And he's there. So we're going to see how this goes. They said that Kamala is a big time worker, a lot of projects. She's not a sit around chick. She is a worker. And um, so I can't wait to see that. And also today, everybody wore their uh, pearls and chucks today. I wore my chucks. And I these chucks, I always wear chucks, right? These are my chucks I wore today. They're red and white stripe and the tongue blue with white stars, right? So it looked like a flag. The funny thing about these chucks is that I probably had them for 10 years <laughs> and I've only worn them a couple of times, but I I have several pair, right? I get the little uh, fancy ones and wear them with skirts and stuff. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to wear those today. Those are the chucks I'm going to wear because my plan was to buy some and put the beads on them, but I would never wear those again. So that doesn't make sense to me. 
Um, so I didn't do that when I, especially when I thought about my red, white, and blue ones, I was like, bet I'm wearing those. So I wore my pearls today, my pearl earrings, and I wore my chucks today. It's just some jeans. Um, my favorite sweater, a little leopard print cardigan I've had for like 20 years since the girls were little. Um, I, that's my teacher sweater. I probably wear it about every day at school with anything. I just, it's my favorite sweater. Um, I've had it for years. So it was a big deal today for the inauguration. We even had some guys posting up pictures and uh, wearing their Chuck Taylors today in support of the Chucks and Pearls kind of thing. So we really like that. Uh, we got to see our, uh, my favorite, one of my favorite couples at Dan, Barack and Michelle. I love them. They, I love them because they always look like they're in love. Like, you know, they look like they like each other. <laughs> They don't look like they tolerate each other. They look like they like each other. And I love that. Like, I love that he reaches for her. And I love that she is available for him to reach for. I love that he he walks like she is, like he's the man, but look at her. Like, it's just a dynamic interaction between the two of them. And I love that. I Seeing stuff like that lets you know that love exists. And that's not uncommon, right? That love isn't uncommon. It may be uncommon to us because we don't make ourselves available to it because we get stuck in the mucky muck with yucky love, right? But I love the idea of being with someone who likes you. Like, do you like me? <laughs> You're like, we've been together all this time. Do you like me? You know, and that that's and it seems really that seems really kind of simple, but that's a real thing. You love somebody, but you like them like you like them and you want to hang out with them. And I that to me is important. But yeah, so we got to see um Barack and Michelle, and Michelle was G'd up, sharp as hell. Like, ugh, she's always so badass. Um Love that. Love seeing them. Love seeing Hillary Clinton's my girl. Like she was politics to me before anything else. Like just growing up as a young woman and having Hillary as like the person that was moving and shaking things. And she was married to the president and she was moving and shaking things. Love that. Love seeing Hillary and Bill. Um, love seeing uh, Bush and Laura, W and Laura. It's always funny because he can't wait to get to Michelle. He uh, he loves Michelle. They have such a neat little uh, friendship. And that lets you know right there when you get to that level of politics and you've got the different political parties and they can still manage to be friends without it being any yuck, whether they, they don't have to agree on everything. That's essentially where we operate now. But since we're at the bottom, the lower rung of the totem pole or the ladder, we bicker about the poli the political stuff when that shit is really insignificant when you're trying to figure out how do you treat mankind? Like, how do you treat people? Um, so yeah, so that, I love that. That, that. So that was really good to see all of them today. We had some great performances today. J-Lo was on there. Um, Lady Gaga sang, Garth Brooks sang. We had the young poet laureate, uh, 22 years old. I didn't get her name. Um, she did a poem and, and I read a little bit about her and it says she had learning disabilities, right? Growing up, she had learning disabilities, but that didn't stop her. She just kept pushing through. And I mean, you gotta, 
in a country where in the education system, if you have a learning disability that you can get all of this specialized support, you got to take advantage of it. You know, you got to get what you can get. You get top of the line tests and exams for free and it puts you in better stead for being better, you know, for learning different and learning better. Right. And I should help. We all could use a little bit of that, I'm sure. Um, let's see. So now that we have our new leadership, we can expect change in policies. He's already carrying that pen to reverse some of the stuff that the last president did. So, you know, got to look forward to that. Uh, definitely going to take some swift action on pandemic. And I think today it was already said that on federal properties and campuses, masks are required. So we got to get this pandemic under wraps. I'm hoping that he does a time two, three weeks, maybe a month. I don't even care of saying everybody stay home again and let's get this, get everybody well and get this vaccine. And like, I just need the country to move in a direction of we're healing and we can't rush healing. I know that I'm just saying like, it would be nice if we could move towards healing. And now since we have our new administration, uh, it's like you can do anything you want. Like you can literally do anything. Like any dream that you ever had, dream it, do it, right? Any dream that you ever had, do it. And I, I remind myself of that because you guys know I struggle with the idea of being a business owner, um, how to ask people for money, how to get money, how to get paid for services because I'll do something and not even charge for it because I can do it. And I've got to get more in the habit of charging for the things that I do instead of just doing them for free. I've got to get into the habit of um, the financial piece of it, you know, and it'll come, it's come, you know, it's better than it was last year. I'll say that. Uh, let's see, we have about 14 minutes. So let me see. Drinking a little wine out of my cup. I don't need to read for yet. All right. So don't forget, subscribe to the YouTube channel, download the podcast from anywhere podcasts are available. Um, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, Podchaser, iTunes, uh, Pandora, iHeartRadio. It's everywhere, like literally everywhere. And you can go back for about a year and a half that we have podcasts available to listen to. So follow that. Also, my company, My Shape Solutions, has started doing a spotlight of small businesses, small business owners and authors, a 30-minute interview on Saturdays, just to kind of put them out there that these products are available. Because remember, one of the things about my company is trying to help you get your idea from here to here, right? How do you get your idea? And a lot of times, companies need business solutions. And we've been fortunate to be in a position to offer some of those. So if you have a small business and you're interested in being interviewed um, on a Saturday, a spotlight Saturday, contact me. I can hook you up with that and get you on the calendar to do those um, spotlight interviews. Uh, oh, lastly, well, it may not be lastly, but let me just add this real quick. So Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, assigned... Um, General Henri to oversee the investigation into the U.S. Capitol insurrection. And if you guys don't know who General Henri is, let me tell you who he is. During Hurricane Katrina, 
<laughs> I'm dating myself, right? During Hurricane Katrina, there was chaos on chaos on chaos. And you guys remember seeing it on TV, they were calling people refugees and shit. And you're like, those are refugees, those Americans. Like they hell, right? So but Hurricane Katrina was something that we had never seen before, and nobody was prepared. Um for what was going to happen. So after like two days of inaction, this general came along. His name is Russell Henre. And he just came in and started putting everybody to work, baby. Just started running that shit. And we need, they needed it because it was stagnant. Nothing was happening. People were dead, floating around. Wasn't in supplies and all this. Well, he came in and just went to work and got people organized and resources coming in, all of that. Well, Nancy Pelosi has tapped him to do the investigation on the U.S. Capitol insurrection. And I am happy about that. Uh, it says the review of U.S. Capitol security in the wake of this month's riot will be handled by retired Lieutenant General Russell Unray the widely praised former commander of the first army who became a household name as he coordinated relief efforts in New Orleans after Katrina. Over the course of his career, the general came to be known as a no-nonsense leader, a quality perhaps best exemplified in his slogan, don't get stuck on stupid. <laughs> in a statement Friday, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said Andre would lead the review of the Capitol's security infrastructure and interagency process, calling him a respected leader with experience dealing with crisis. Twitter writing that Andre was a great choice for the job. He has and will serve our nation well, the governor said. Here's a quick look back at his uh, career. So we're not gonna go into all of that, but I just wanted to share that. His name is General Henri, and his name is French, but he looks like he's probably maybe French, Black American, French, American, Black American, maybe I'm not sure, but um, uh, maybe some Native American just because of the way his skin looks. Anyway, either way, he's going to be leading the effort and he is no, he was very no nonsense. And I think that it'll be good because he will be in a position, he won't be in a position to be swayed by the good old boys club, right? He, you know, he's going to go in and do what's required and he's going to come out to be ethical and fair in his judgments. And I'm excited to see what comes out of that because I have, I, we all were affected by the insurrection. We're all sitting at home like, what the so we all had a tough time with that. And now we have somebody who's going to come in and do it justice by actually paying attention to it and not just taking what's given to them. So I'm pleased, very excited about him in doing that. So that's General Andre. I think that we have these times in our life where we're kind of thrust in situations that we're supposed to be great. And we're afraid of leadership. Some of us are afraid of leadership, but they're defining moments in our life. And when it, the time comes, we have to act on them. We can't second guess it because that allows other people to get caught up and, you know, uh, misstep or die or whatever. And, you know, I've had those. I, I have them all the time. Sometimes, you know what? I'm saying I have them all the time. I'm thinking sometimes I do stuff and that shit ain't got nothing to do with me. 
I just end up in it because I'm a no nonsense kind of person. But, uh, you know, I think I'm better at not doing stuff. You know, stuff goes down and got nothing to do with me. I can say, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. But in a crisis, I definitely take over in a crisis. I'm definitely the go-to person for a crisis. Um, I don't know where I have that ability to not panic. I don't, I don't know if I've always been that way. But I definitely don't panic. It's just kind of like, you know, whatever. Let's just get through it. Let's get to the other side of it, right? So this is interesting. So we'll see what happens with uh, General Henri and um, uh, how this all pans out with that. And we'll see what happens with our new president and new vice president in office. I bet they don't sleep at all tonight. <laughs> I bet they are so hyped that they will not sleep tonight. I bet they will not sleep tonight. I bet they will be so excited and just adrenaline all over the place and work to do. You know, I don't even know if you sleep when you're president. Like, it doesn't seem like you'd ever get some, any sleep. Um, and I, uh, yeah, so I don't know, but I figure they won't sleep tonight. They'll be super excited. Oh, another thing, uh, when Biden went to the changing of the guards at the, cemetery arlington national cemetery they were saying how and we mentioned this last week that president trump was separating the um military he was trying to divide the military for those who supported him and those who didn't and then when they wouldn't he stopped fucking with the military right he just kind of like whatever but they were talking about the level of respect that Biden has for the military. And he has to work on building the relationship with the military that I'm not trying to separate you or I'm not trying to manipulate you. And I respect the fact that you're doing your job because we don't understand about the military is that the military, they're literally like trained killing machines. They're not really trying to, they don't get to be your friend. I mean, talk about compartmentalizing. They're literally like, I'm here to do my job, which is, kill somebody if shit goes left. I don't want to talk to you. Don't make me no promises. You know, like they're really kind of for the country, right? There's They're not peacekeepers. That's, that's the police. Military is not peacekeepers. Military is about order, order, and they will shoot you, right? So president, um, the former president tried to use situations to get the military on his side. But that's a part of what the military does is they protect the democracy of the United States and they protect the constitution and the people. They're not about a person, they're about the country. And this is a difficult thought process to understand, especially when you have a leader who's trying to sway you to be on their side. And that's not fair. It puts them in a bad situation. It puts the country and the world in a bad situation, essentially. Let's see if I got everything tonight that I talked about. Um, yeah, I think I pretty much went through everything that I was going to talk to talk about tonight. Um. So I just wanted to just do a re recap real quick because I just 
so many things happening in the world. We have our highest high and our lowest lows right now. Like I could be on top of the world with something great happening and then something bad happens and I'm zoop, you know, back down. And that's just all I think in the pandemic. Like we're able, we're awake and everybody can process that shit. <laughs> like we got time for this chaos, right? So I just think that we have to be mindful of all the things that are happening around us and the things that we allow ourselves to get caught up in. We've got to make choices that are going to be for the betterment of ourself. Self, 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 self-care start there. Um, we have to, because if we don't, and we're still feeding and taking care of people around us and letting ourselves go to shit, we're not going to be good for anybody. So self-care is critical and we have to make sure we pay attention to that, whether it's exercise and yoga and eating differently or vitamins or 10 minutes by yourself. Who knows? It doesn't matter. As long as it's something that's pleasing to you and going to put you in a good position, that's the thing that you need to do. So when you start taking care of yourself or when you continue to take care of yourself, the choices you make are always going to be better choices. As soon as you're not taking care of yourself anymore, you're going to start making the choices that end you in the yucky spaces, whether you're choosing whether you're worth, worthy of living or not. And that's not a choice that we get to make. That's a choice that God makes. So when we make the choice, we take away an opportunity to serve a nation that we've been selected to be of purpose for. We we somebody misses something. Tons of people miss something because we chose to not live anymore. So we have to just kind of ride this life out. We have to trust that we were chosen. We have to trust that God's intention for us is goodness. We have to trust that we have a purpose. And when you get stuck in the muck in these yucky places, go to someone that cares about you. Go to someone that loves you or that you love, that you can respect or you trust and you tell them and they'll respond accordingly. It's not necessarily about our friends because our friends will be the same people that you were like, oh, I'm not committing suicide. Oh, not that bad. They'll dismiss the fact that you've said, I'm in a yucky ass place. So it may be somebody outside of your friend circle that you can trust that's going to get you some help. So we have to just pay attention to that. We've got to give each other grace. We have to see the goodness in each other. We have to know that God chose us. We have to see that in each other so that we can um, just continue to have a good life. We're very fortunate to get a new uh, president and vice president right now. We've got some big changes coming. And even within us, we've got big things to do. I've got a business I'm growing. I know several business owners. If you're interested in being interviewed, let me know. We all have these amazing ideas. And this is the time to launch the ideas because there are companies falling all around you. And you're you're having the ideas for a reason, right? The ideas come to you for a reason. And at My Shape Solutions, we try to get the ideas from here to here right? That's what we do. So this is Joyce Lund Wells with Joy Exposed. It's 10 o'clock on Wednesday, January 20th. And happy inauguration day and congratulations to our president, Joe Biden, and our VP, Vice President Kamala Harris. And so looking forward to moving into these next uh, months to see what's going to happen with everyone and everything.
So remember, with Joycelyn Wells and Joy Exposed, when Joy is exposed, everything just feels better. Have a good night, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye.